the Mess It Up Podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's the Bowtie Guy. Hey guys, welcome to the Mess It Up Podcast. This is the final Mess It Up Podcast of spring of 2023, because what's happening here is... um, Tomorrow is the first day of summer. So welcome to summer. Goodbye, spring. I can tell you this. I don't know where you are in the world, but where I am in the world, I I drove today from Klamath Falls at my daughter's house, went over the mountains by Crater Lake to come up to uh, Dan and Faith's house. Uh, Dan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, And we got snowed on Juneteenth, June 19th, two days before summer. Snow. Was not prepared for snow. Welcome to Portland. Yeah, I have. There's Faith. Uh, I have, I packed when we were in Ridgecrest in, uh, you know, pre-summer. And so I brought a suitcase full of shorts and Hawaiian shirts. And I have one pair of jeans and one long sleeve shirt and no jacket. (laughs) So not exactly prepared for it. But welcome, welcome summer. Now, my friend Donnie has told me that summer does not officially begin in Portland until July 4th. Uh, that's when summer waits to happen up here in, in the Pacific Northwest. Is that Does that jibe with your uh, notebook and uh, almanac? Uh, it's tough to say because we've had Junes that were pretty hot. Oh, yeah? But mostly July. Mostly July. July is a wicked hot. Wicked hot. Wicked hot. Now all of a sudden we're in Boston. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, hot. well... Welcome to the show, however it is. Um, I want to tell you that our word of the week this week is surreptitious. Surreptitious is a good, good word of the week. I don't typically do this and throw the the guest under the bus, but do you want to hazard a guess at the definition? Bust a move. It's where you put the stuff you put on your pancakes uh-huh. next to your plate. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's in your surreptitious. And it's really good. It's just surreptitious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You need a set of eight at Costco. Yeah. Yeah. Months. Yeah. No, it's it's something that's kept secret, um, especially something negative. Uh, you would do something surreptitiously. You'd sneak it in, like maybe playing with matches. Oh, you want to be the, give you the real definition. Yeah. <laughs> the words. So either of, those, for the funny either of those definitions that you use, uh, <laughs> go ahead and uh, give yourself 10 bonus points for each time you do it because that's, you know, just how easy it is here on the Mess It Up podcast to get bonus points. Um, use that in a sentence. Uh, if you use the right word, you'll get bonus points. Surreptitious. Oh, surreptitious. <laughs> Uh, I was able to eat the pancakes with the lovely syrup in a surreptitious way as mom did the dishes and I ate behind her back. Or under the covers. Or under the covers. Sticky bed. Mm. Yes. Ew, man, man. No bueno. So uh, Dan, you can hear, is our guest and uh, Faith is in the studio audience. Uh, Faith is, uh, Faith, I, I hate to, to bust a move on you this way. It's going to be hard for people to hear, but how much uh, post-op are you here? Three weeks. Three weeks post-op. That is a voice of a person who has literally, I don't know if you ever go on a roller coaster and your stomach goes up in your throat. That's what Faith has now. Her stomach is in her throat. Uh, literally, they made a new esophagus out of her stomach and uh, she looks fantastic. We'll put a picture up of her uh, on the Instagram, but uh, welcome Paxton's. Uh, we are here up in the beautiful Portland area to say hi to them and uh, need to record a show. So I'm like, why not have some of the best guests ever do the show with us? So 
Oaxaca, here we are. Uh, if you want to give to the show, it's super easy. You text the word MUM to uh, the phone number 760-WALLS-CA. And uh, what that winds up spelling is it's it's seven, it's not spelling, it spells wall CA, but the numbers are 925-5722 uh, for those of you who don't like the spell out words. But you just text the word mom and it takes you to our text to give site and you can walk through uh, things to do. I have been informed that for our, our, our longtime givers that if you don't, or if your card has expired, uh, there's no way to update the card. You have to load in a whole new card on it. You can't just update the data. I called. They said that that's unfortunately um, the only fix right now is to put a new card in. So I'm apologizing to those people who are dealing with that. Um, but um, we have been alerted by several people about that situation. So we called in and that's the, the information we have. So thank you for giving. Uh, it makes all of this possible and we really, really appreciate it. And uh, I don't think I have any other uh, upfront nonsense to deal with, except for the fact that, uh, you know, just, just doing the show, it, your, your giving, your generous giving does pay the bills for the show and it helps the ministry out. But I did have to look for some extra employment. And recently I interviewed with a, uh, a blacksmith and he asked me, uh, have you ever shoot a horse? And I say, no, but I did tell a donkey to move over one time. So... You got that. Wah, yeah. Wah, wah. <laughs> All right. Crap. Yeah. <laughs> I don't faith. Her, her, her job is to heckle, and she's doing it well. <laughs> That's the only cuss word she'll ever use. Yeah. So anyhow, uh, we are here to do the show, and we went through a couple of things, and the thing we decided to look at is the idea of fighting forward versus fighting back. And uh, what I mean by that is... When something happens, something negative, something wrong, maybe even if we do something in a surreptitious manner, that, or somebody does something surreptitiously to us, are we fighting back at them to, to you know, pay them back for the wrong that was done to us? Or are we moving forward to turn that wrong into a right, to make that mess into a message? How are we doing that? So that's what Dan and I are going to talk about today, is fighting forward instead of fighting back. Uh, so Dan... Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, he's just sitting there waiting for me to shut up. <laughs> it's going to take a while. Um, uh, first of all, Dan, you, you told me when I came here that you listened to last week's show with Kat. And can you tell the people what, you, what your comment on the show was? Surreptitiously, I think I could be a surrogate. Uh-huh. I'm just telling you. For how, for how long? For about... Eight weeks. Eight weeks. Dan wants to be a surrogate for like eight weeks and then like, you know, give it back, pass it off to somebody else. Yeah. Um, anyhow, um, when, we're, when we're looking at this idea of being wronged, mm-hmm. what is your knee-jerk reaction just as uh, a human, not Pastor Dan standing in front of the pulpit, in front of the, you know, crowd, but what is your, somebody wrongs you, what's, what's a knee-jerk reaction for you? I actually get shocked because I have a lot of trust in people. Mm-hmm. And so when somebody does something... I get my knees get actually weak when mm-hmm. I'm talking to somebody because I don't know how to respond because it's not of my nature to be mean, you know. I think about a lot of things afterwards. I should have done that. I should have done that. Mm. I should have responded this way. Um, but I don't react very well when somebody does me wrong. Very wise lady in my life one time uh, 
I, I went to several trainings with her. She worked for the, the county uh, in Kern County. Her name was Dixie King. And she told me the first time I ever went to one of her trainings, she said, don't shit all over yourself. Because um, we spent all these times saying, oh, I should have done this. I should have done that. And, and we didn't. Um, and, and we can't undo that. Uh, for me, a lot of times my knee-jerk reaction is to want to pay back. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, I used to, my motto before I got arrested was, I don't get mad, I don't get even, I get ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to make you punish. And especially like uh, in a driving situation, person cuts me off or a person uh, runs a stop sign or doesn't blink. And mm-hmm. so they, they, they affect my day in some way with their completely absurd driving and cost me sometimes literally as many as like three or four seconds out of my day that get stolen from me because of that completely selfish act they do. And I just want to make them pay for those three or four seconds that I got cost. And it's just, I overreact so much. And and then other times I'll be completely rational, completely reasonable. Like, well, okay, there's a reason they did whatever they did. Um, And so I can be of both minds. I guess it just depends on how quickly my knee reacts. If you hit it right on that tendon, Mm -hmm. I'll have that reflex and just kick. But I try to hold back and not be so obnoxious. I think I've seen enough people, not just in ministry, but in life and my family, who have knee-jerk reactions that it never works out in their favor. (laughs) It never does. And so when you watch that long enough, you see enough train wrecks, Mm -hmm. you say, okay, you know what? I'm not going to do that. So typically, I don't have a knee-jerk reaction. Yeah. Um, I typically get hurt first and then I evaluate mm-hmm. and then I decide what I'm going to do and I talk myself in and out of reacting wrong. Mm. You know? Yeah. I'm going to do it. That's, what good is it going to do? Really? That's the thing is these, these moments, these brief moments of joy that I might get from the biting comeback don't last. Mm-hmm. And, and before I got arrested and was really walking in faith or had any idea of recovery and making amends and taking responsibility, I was looking. I mean, I was cocked and loaded and just waiting for someone to walk through my target and I was going to blast them and I, wanted, I just waited for someone to offend me mm-hmm. so that I could just show them how good I was at verbally eviscerating them. And now, and that would give me what I thought was joy. Mm -hmm. And now it just, it eats at me. Even if it's a person who, um, I had an incident happen with a family member a few weeks ago. And when I would tell people, they knew this family member, they're like, oh, well, they deserved what they got. Mm -hmm. I said, no, no, they didn't. I said, "I, I did everything right, except for this one thing I didn't do right. That was wrong. Because they didn't deserve that. And that was just me lashing out and trying to be hurtful. And that's where I have guilt and, and conviction that I need to make that right. And people have told me, even people in recovery, oh, you don't need to make that amend. That's, that's great because they were, they were really asking for it. And, you know, you know if you, if you poke the bear, eventually the bear is going to bite you. He's like, no, that's, I'm not a bear. I'm, I'm a human being with cognitive thought and reasoning and um, should be able, like you said, to stop and think and evaluate because it's not worth it those things those i have more regret over those things than i have any kind of sense of victory or pride i think one of the one of the um, 
if, you, if there were a downside to being more timid is we begin to um, lose our confidence, lose our faith in people. Like I said, I'm trusting, right? And so when I get burned or when I get hurt, what I begin to do is avoid that person mm-hmm. so that I don't. So my moving forward is that, okay, I'm just not going to go there. That way I don't, I don't see them. Well, it's a healthy boundary, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that can be a good thing. It can, I, it, there, there can be good to that mm-hmm. because sometimes people do overstep and you have to put up a boundary with someone. Sometimes they're, you know, mm-hmm. your, your child, your spouse, your parent, mm-hmm. and you're forced to be in that circle. But a person who might just be a congregant at church, well... Maybe it's healthier for me to just not have that relationship. I can't be in relationship with everybody. And I used to think, well, I got to make it right with everybody. And making it right means now we've got to be like best friends. Mm-hmm. And that's not practical. It's not doable. It's, it's not, I don't believe that it's biblical that we're called to be everyone's best friend. But have you ever been on the side of it? Okay, so I know, and I've been here. I know this person doesn't like me, so I'm going to be nice to them. Mm-hmm. And that makes them more upset with you. Yes. And now, are you being nice to elicit that response? No. I'd really like to repair the relationship. Mm. But it it irritates them. Yeah. And, and so I don't do it to irritate them. I do it to them so that they would get over it. You know People what I mean? can't see me raising my hand, but I've done it to irritate. Right. And so that's what I mean. So there's a, there's a, there's a fine line. No, that's, that's not fine. I think there's a fine line between... <laughs> that, that's a, a definitely line. I, me doing it is wrong. The motivation, It's the though, motivation. Yeah, it's the, the motivation intention, the motivation. Is, okay, so I'm going to do something nice to them. Hopefully, that'll repair the relationship. And they get angry. Right. You know what I mean? And so you say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them cookies. I'm going right. to give them a donut. I'm going to get them a cup of coffee. Right. And then that falls into, for me, my codependency. Mm-hmm. I need you to like me. Mm-hmm. I will do this to make you approve of me um i had an incident at starbucks with a co-worker and we were extremely close and then an incident happened where i called them out um in public on something that they did that was 100 percent wrong that they did they i i was right in my evaluation of the situation i was wrong in my handling of the situation they took offense and they were a bridge burner so they just took out their emotional scissors and snip done Mm -hmm. and that went on for months and we were a small store 13 people you're gonna work with those people and this was a person who worked 40 hours a week and i worked 40 hours a week so we're gonna cross over Mm -hmm. and it made it very awkward for everybody else and i just silently waited and eventually it came in but my codependency would not let me just be okay with it Mm -hmm. it was you know i was doing what i could to just like okay, this person likes this kind of music, so I know they're coming in, I'll put that music on. So when it comes in, it's the music they like. And I just, you know, setting the table so that everything will be perfect for them. I've, I've worked with people that I wanted to find favor with, so I would wear their favorite color shirt. Or I would, uh, you know, bring in a particular donut or coffee or whatever, just, you know, to try to make them like me because I didn't think I was good enough on my own. I had to, had to fix it. On a counseling uh, counseling perspective, if I were to say to somebody, okay, you're having a problem, let's take your example, you're having a problem at work with a coworker, 
They don't like you. Everything you do seems to irritate them, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. It's just who you are. You mm-hmm. maybe your glasses, maybe your hat. Who knows? Uh, I would say, well, don't wear your glasses or don't wear your hat. And they would their response is, why is it my responsibility to be the one to be nice? Why can't they be nice? Sorry, why can't they be nice? Mm-hmm. And um, it, and that's part of Christianity. Yeah, being, being able to say, okay, you know what? What I want is not as important as what this person needs right now. They may not be a Christian. They need to see that in you. They need to see something in you that you're not, that they're not. Yeah. And that's where I struggle with it. You know, as a pastor, you know, they expect me to be pastoral. Oh, right. it's frustrating Mm -hmm. because uh, when you go to the market and you don't like the way your meat is handed to you because it's all fat and you pay the same price as everybody else, but you got gypped. Mm -hmm. You know, that's probably not a good word to use on your... You got... (laughs) You got cheesed at the at the meat counter. I can't get mad like everybody else. You know, I can't say this guy did me wrong because inevitably the guy at the meat counter two years later is still my meat guy. Yeah. And so I had to make amends with him. Or or the guy at the meat counter comes in to check out the church. Right. And sees you're the pastor. Yeah, yeah. And and if you're in a public position, like when I was at Starbucks, I had to be careful how I acted all over town, like at the store, because that person might come in and be my mm-hmm. my customer or, or whatever. And um, it's it can be tricky. And, and the funny thing is that situation at Starbucks, the thing that finally thawed the ice mm-hmm. was I was bringing in, and this is months after the event happened, bringing in the order I'm carrying, and I stumbled and tripped. And I came within one or two inches of smashing my head into the cabinets on the wall. When I fell, I fell just a couple inches from the thing. And that person saw it and thought I was going to bust my face. And their knee-jerk reaction was, this is my friend. He's about to get hurt. And all of a sudden, they forgot everything. And it just snapped. There was never any verbal reconciliation or anything. It was just at that moment, everything was better. And everybody could see that it was, and, and everybody knew it was like, oh, mom and dad are fighting and now they're not. Mm-hmm. And um, and there's never been any ought between us since then. And, and we still remain friends, but it was it was funny how I, I tried and tried and tried. And the only thing that made it happen was an accident where I almost, you know, busted my face out <laughs> that, that made it okay. Uh, but I guess we get that knee jerk reaction of like, this is how I really feel. And I've just been burying it. Uh, and I guess that's a problem too with rather than fighting forward, I'm fighting back uh, to try to to make it uh, not work out well. And and I'm looking at the time and I'm thinking of a surreptitious way of, of easing this in, but I, I can't find one. So I'm going to bring this song and this is a song by Christian Paul. It's called Yes, I Am. And it's not just me being a Christian that did this. This dude's name is Christian Paul. Uh, the song is Yes, I Am. We're going to give you about 90 seconds. We'll be back on the other side to talk about that and to look at how we can fight forward. So here's Christian Paul with Fight. No, not fighting back. Christian Paul with Yes, I Am. Hallelujah, say amen. Devil had it in the grave. Jesus told him, think again. Hallelujah, that's what I said. Cause I'm a born again, resurrected sinner, been forgiven. Yes, I am. Some people tell me they don't recognize me. They say the man I used to be ain't here. 
They wonder how I got this joy and where it's from. They can't help but want some. It's clear. I just tell the story about the God who set me free. I just tell the story how it makes me wanna sing. Hallelujah. Devil had it in the grave, Jesus told him think again. Hallelujah, that's what I said. Cause I'm a born again, resurrected sinner, been forgiven. Yes, I am. 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 You might be standing there exactly where I was, scared and lost and on the run. That's fine. All right, so there's been a lot of conversation on these ends of the mics while the bits weren't flowing. Uh, there was some uh, talk about funeral songs. There was some talk about what would be played and what wouldn't be played. There was some talk about what might be funny to play at someone's funeral, including the Gaithers. And then I asked Dan my common question, hey, what you got on this song? And Dan, you said... It's just another Gaither song written for today. Some people tell me they don't recognize me. They say the man I used to be ain't here. They wonder how I got this joy and where it's from. They can't help but want some. It's clear. They just tell the story about God who set me free. It's a Gaither song written to a new tempo. There was this old guy, this old guy sang Doug Oldham, sang this song called, I think it was Doug Oldham, Sing this song. Uh, I this hope we're house. right on this. I'd hate to give out bad information. I know this old house. No, that was no, Bob that, Vila. That was the <laughs> no, the cathedral sang this old house. Doug Oldham said, "This man ain't the man he used to be." It, it's an old Gaither song that on the Homecoming album you can listen to. It. Oh wow! There you go, folks. This man ain't what he used to be. Wow. Well, awesome. same here. Like, by the way, I like I like it because it's it's you know it's catchy. It is. Catchy. Uh, it ain't. You know, it ain't what it used to be. <laughs> ain't what it used to be. Oh this is Lord. new and improved. New and improved. <laughs> uh, so anyhow, it it's just a ton of fun. Uh, it, it really is. That that song was just the bounciness, the feel of it is just. Um, I really, really. The first time I heard that, I was like, "Oh hey, listen to this song uh, and and figure this out. Get it on the it on is the show. It is the same message, though. I mean." You look at a song like that and you think, okay, they're looking at me. They're not seeing what they used to see. They see yeah. something different. Yeah. That's what Christianity is all about. It doesn't matter how old you are when you find Christ. And and the the wrapping that we put on it doesn't change the present. It, no. it just makes it more appealing to certain people. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, I give Dan a hard time about the Gaithers uh, because they suck, but also because... Do <laughs> that! <laughs> because... I'm sorry, how many studios do you have? <laughs> I got one, um, but they, um, the people that the Gaithers reach are being reached and they're not going to be re reached by the same stuff that I might listen to and vice versa. And, and to get that message out, I remember, um, going to see a band back in the mid nineties, uh, called project 56. No, not Petra. Project 56. And they were a thrash metal Christian band. 
and it was one of these things where you, you had a hard time hearing the lyrics or whatever and sounded heavy and dark and um, the guy was talking and he's you know people ask how you play this and how you can be Christian he said this is the music that speaks to me and there's people that this music speaks to and I'm able to give them a Christian message through this instead of giving a message of death and destruction and demon worship or whatever I'm able to give them a good message in the sound that they appreciate and I was like oh okay it it might not be for me, but it's for somebody. I get it. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I, I don't get it, but I get it. Yeah. You know, if that makes sense. Yeah. And 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 I just the the, the peppiness of this song and the, the yes I am. I love declarations like that because I'm a person who sometimes you talked about being timid uh, in the first segment, and and I can sometimes be timid because I'm so. Um, Distraught is a uh, too strong of a word, but I'm I get discouraged about the relationships that I've broken because of my actions that are no longer there. I hear some of my friends talking about my other friends that I never see because those friends have written me off, and I have nothing to do, and I don't know their children, I don't know their stories, and all these stories in the last twenty years that have gone on that I've been out of their life that I'm not a part of. And it, it makes me, you know, I don't have enough friendship capital to just throw money away willy-nilly. And so the declaration of yes, I am makes it so that I can get over that timidity of not being so afraid to lose something like me. Just like, yeah, this is, I am good enough. And God said so. And Christ said so. So if you got those two people saying I'm good enough, well, it doesn't matter what Billy Joe down the street thinks. You know, he's, he's just another one of me. He's not one of him. So... Yeah, cool. And and Faith's uh, response was uh, that she'd like to have songs like this played at her funeral when she has one. And we all commented that she's the youngest one on the crew, so <laughs> we won't get to pick. <laughs> so anyhow, there you go. Check out Christian Paul. A lot of fun. Uh, Bippity-boppity-boo. Really, really like that one. Uh, so Dan, we talked about fighting back. How do we fight forward? How do we how do we move the wrong how do we move forward from the wrong to repair the relationship? You talked about maybe doing things and making people upset, but how do we do it and, and mend a relationship um, or at least mend it within ourselves? Um, because to me, that's important that I can't make you like me, but I can make myself okay with the situation that we've had. Uh, how, how do you go about that fighting forward? I think internally it's, uh, it's a switch that goes from acting to being you act okay with somebody and then one day you're just okay with somebody. It's very sleepless sense. in Seattle. You breathe in, breathe out, you yeah, breathe in, breathe you know, out until I think, you, you know that old fake it till you make it thing? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have to act okay with people because I'm not okay with them. If that makes sense. There are people who, in my life... Is this have, an intervention? This could be. <laughs> uh, I, I have to be, you know, you watch people train wreck and you're like, okay, I, I'm going to love you. Yeah, I'm going to love you through this. And then I learn that, you know what, I got to be okay with what you're doing. It's hard. And, and the closer the person is, the more difficult that is. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, my neighbor down at the end of the street, maybe... Uh, him and his wife get a divorce. I'm like, well, that's a bummer. 
but it's not the same effect on me as if my neighbor across the street or my family member, right. uh, you know, has that the closer the person is in my circle, then the, the more their issues will create ripples in my pond. And, and that can be a difficult thing. So, so how does that look practically to you? Uh, the fake it till you make it or the, the, the overlooking or is it an overlooking or is it an accepting or is there a, a difference? There's a, there's a huge difference. I don't have to accept sin. Mm-hmm. I have to look beyond it. Mm. And so to look beyond sin is to pray that the person you're looking at is going to come around. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, it, when you're, especially when you're talking about rel- relatives, sisters, yeah. brothers, you know, children, you know, you watch them and you think, okay. I think they're on the right path and they just make a a wrong turn. You can absolutely disown them. It's your right to do that. You can walk away and say, you know what? It's not my problem. Uh, But you have to actively pursue relationship with them. Jesus did that with us. Mm -hmm. He pursued a relationship with us. Even in our idioticness, God said, I'm here for you. When you went through your thing, however many years ago, it was 30 years ago, when you went through your thing, God never stopped pursuing you. Mm-hmm. When I went through my things, God always pursued me. I have to, if I want to follow that example, then I need to pursue with my kids, my brothers, my sisters, you know, and, and, uh, and it's not always easy to do. I don't have an answer as to how to do it. There's no, there's no, I wish there was a list. You could just check it off. I have to do this. and Because I, I can follow a list very well. Right. Instructions. But there's not always instructions. You look at the Bible, how thick it is, and all the <laughs> words it has. Mm-hmm. You know, Old Testament versus New Testament. Psalms versus wisdom. You know, it, it's just... You know, Solomon was wise. The Psalms are about whining. You know, we, everybody in the, in the Psalms is crying about something. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, the wisdom of Solomon is just—if you could just get one of those nuggets to stick. Yeah, I, I back. Uh, if you want to listen to show one hundred and nine, a little over three years ago, uh, back in twenty twenty, I, I interviewed uh, my friend Johnny Young, and you know he says that one of his big regrets is that he had a family member that did something that was blatantly sinful, and he completely disagreed with. And he took a hard stand on it and destroyed the relationship with uh, a niece, I think it was, of his. And has spent you know, several years trying to repair that relationship because of a decision he made and realized that his stand did not change that person's actions. It just made them double down on it. And now he didn't have any influence. The Whereas, nuclear option. Yeah. If he would be there, he could have a gentle influence and maybe someday win that person toward his perspective um, and, and way of thinking. And, you know, I try to realize, and I, I said, you know, sometimes my knee jerk is to, to strike out. And sometimes my, I have a knee jerk reaction. Bev was telling me in the car today that I have a really good ability to see another person's side. And when I'm able to look and say, this person has a really solid reason for what they're doing. I might not know what that reason is. I might disagree with that reason, but in their mind, they have done the math and this is what's right. 
if 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 you and I turn on the news, we will turn on different channels. And we have done the math. This is what's right. This is the news channel that we want to tickle our bias and and tell us that we're right. And so we go to that. And it, you know that you know that you know that you're right. And I know that I know that I know that I'm right. If we're both right and we're doing different things, something's up. So I have to try to figure out why is this person doing what they're doing? And, and so often when a person acts out against us, if there's a, a wrong that they've done, they're a hurting person. Hurt people hurt people. And why is that person hurting? And how can I love them through that? And how can I find something to not agree with. And I think that's such a, a, a big point that you made that's so critical is people think that if you love the person, that that means you're giving your stamp of approval and agreement with everything they do. And that that didn't even happen with our wives. That didn't even happen with myself. I can't even agree with everything I do. Um, but just because I love a person doesn't mean I have to agree with what they do and why they do it. That's, you know, that's why so many people are leaving churches because the pastor says something that they don't that, that goes against what they're living in mm-hmm. and they don't want to sit and listen and they, it, they feel like they're being beat upon because of the sin in their life and i and i can't tell you how many people have said did my wife call you this week you know mm-hmm. because of something they're going through that is in my sermon it, it, and i i've never preached a sermon because somebody called and said this is what right i'm going through right now it just happens to be god is speaking to them i can say the same thing to two different people and they'll mm-hmm. have two different messages from it. Yeah. And um, so your perspective on what scratches your itch versus what scratches my itch, that is, that's been since the beginning of time. Yeah. You know, that people need to hear different things. There's the five love languages. You know, yeah. you understand love differently than I do. You understand sin differently than I do. Your, your line for what's right and wrong is different than my line. But the reality is we have to look at scripture and weigh that against scripture. And so when I move forward and I say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deal with this person from where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. I don't change my view on sin. I change my understanding of why they sin. Yeah. And, and if we look at the example, which is Christ, mm-hmm. and how he dealt with those people. we, As Christians, mm-hmm. I think we all have to accept that Christ was sinless. That's, I think, a basic tenet of, of all Christian denominations. So I think that one is beyond the realm of argument if you're a Christian. So if we then accept that Christ is without sin and he ate with the tax collectors and he said that the tax collectors and the prostitutes will make it to heaven before the Pharisees and he was able to have one-on-one relationships or uh, not relationships necessarily, but uh, interactions with these people, then that means it's okay, but he didn't approve their lifestyle. And if you're going to go with the sample of Jesus, okay, the example of Jesus, look at Jesus's life in his ministry. He was really active for a few years, mm-hmm. right? But Jesus, no matter what story you, you, you read or follow, he always got along with God. So he didn't spend 100, 100% of his time with tax collectors, mm-hmm. with fishermen. He spent 100% of time being who he was, where he was. So he got alone in the garden. 
and got alone with those three guys. Mm-hmm. And he said, okay, I want to spend some time with you. I'm going to leave you here. Let me go get along with God. Just stay awake. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so there was this relationship that he had to keep up. He had to upkeep his relationship with, with, with his father. Yeah. And I think that's where we um, forget the fight mm-hmm. because we don't keep our relationship with God right. When we get with the tax collector, how do we judge them? How do we see them who they yeah. are? It's based upon our, our relationship with the Lord. And if our relationship with the Lord isn't good, we won't have a good relationship with the tax collectors and the fishermen and the prostitute. Yeah. You know, I, and, and you said, you know, earlier that you know, sometimes we have to, um, you know, fake it till we make it. We have to overlook. We have to do that. And some people might say, I just can't. Jesus it's, didn't it's, go it's and slap much. the it's, prostitute. Yeah. No, they, it's, it's too much for me to overlook what they've done. It's too much for me to, to go through this. And Jesus cruised around for three years with a dude named Judas, mm-hmm. knowing, knowing. Judas, Jesus didn't do, it wasn't the living Lord's Supper where he dips it in and says, one of you can betray me. And it was a hunch. Mm-hmm. He wasn't guessing like, oh, well, I got a one in 13 chance here. You know, one in 12. Right. I might be right. Jesus knew and he loved Judas knowing what was going to be. He loved me knowing what I would do. Mm-hmm. He knows or he loves me knowing what I've done. So if you were leading the supper at night, mm-hmm. just because I'm human, I would sit down with these guys, these 12 guys that I knew, and I knew that one of them was going to do what he's going to do. Would you look down and go, hey, Judas. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'd be that blatant, or but it would be really hard for guys, me not to eyeball him. Yeah, it would be difficult. Yeah. Or to pull everyone else aside and say, look, some crazy stuff is going to go down. And Peter, you're going to get really mad and you're going to chop off this Roman dude's ear. You got my back? Not good. How about if you get <laughs> big Judas over here and, and tell him, you know, gotcha. Mm-hmm. And he didn't. He didn't. He just loved. Yeah. He just loved. And I firmly believe that Judas didn't die because he betrayed Jesus. He died because he chose to. Mm-hmm. He chose not to accept. And Peter lived because he chose to accept because they both betrayed him mm-hmm. in different ways, mm-hmm. but they both betrayed him. But Peter was able to accept the love. And, and, and that, was, that was the hardest comeback for me was to accept the forgiveness and love of Jesus um, because I just didn't, I didn't feel worthy of it. So how do you fight forward? I fight forward by trying to trying to put Jesus into it, and it's it's funny because there's I, I try to think like Jesus. I also try to think like Jared. I'm not talking Subway Jared. I'm talking Jared that I worked with at Starbucks. Jared was this guy who didn't have an enemy. There was a kid who came in that was kind of a weird high school kid and everyone was picking on him. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to be that kid's friend. And he just went over and started talking to that kid. And he just would love people, whatever it was. He's just like, okay, cool. All right, great. And he was able to love the person without condemning them for their sin or judging them for their sin. He judged them for their potential in the future uh, as a human. And so for me, I try to get into that person's shoes and look at what their reason might be. Or just sometimes I will just say, I know 
that there's a reason that I don't understand. Um, one of my uh, favorite bosses I ever worked for, I knew there was times where we disagreed and I, this was before I got arrested. So I was very arrogant and full of self assurance that I was always right. But Ron, when he disagreed with me, I was like, there's something I'm not seeing. Ron's better at this than me. Mm-hmm. I need to change my perspective to him because he knows better. So I try to change my perspective to Jesus rather than having look for Jesus to assuage my bias. You know, like I said before, you know, people people will tend to watch the news that will tell them what they believe. Did Ron earn that? Ron earned that. Did Jesus yeah. earn it? Um for you? Or do you just know? No. Uh I don't know if earn is the right thing, but he had a uh, he created a history of correctness in my life, not through the Bible, mm-hmm. but in my life where it was proven to me. Mm-hmm. And so I acquiesced to the greater knowledge. That's probably a whole nother show. Yeah. Did he, did, did Jesus have to earn it for you or did yeah. you just have a, a moment? Yeah. 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 I hadn't really thought about that, but it, it definitely wasn't a moment. Mm-hmm. There are um, people that it's a moment. Yeah, and I can I can point to the moment, but I can point to the lead up to the moment too. Mm-hmm. Um, and and for me, it's the peace that passes understanding. Mm-hmm. That when I felt that peace, it's like, what is this? Mm-hmm. This is stupid. This is not right. This is not the way I felt two seconds ago. Now I feel this, and I know when I felt that, and everything changed mm-hmm. um, from that moment on. Um, and I can always go back to that point. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't an earning. It, it, it was proof, but it was, it had nothing to do with the Bible. Mm-hmm. It just had to do with my life and my experience. And, and same thing with Ron. I just saw the way it was. And and sometimes I don't know. When I was asked to leave church, when we came home, when I came home from jail, I was asked to leave. Uh, there were five board members. Four of them voted to ask me to leave the church and one voted that I should stay. And I told the pastor, I said, whatever you tell me, do not tell me who that one person was because right now, all five of them said I could stay because mm-hmm. that one could be any of them. And I want to be able to hold all of them in the same love. And if I think that they were the one who voted for me to stay, then I can love them as much as I love the other person. But if I know that they asked me to leave, I'll just, my, my humanity might kick in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I try to tell myself that when a person wronged me, they had a reason. And if I knew the reason, it would make sense. Define acquiesce for me. <laughs> acquiesce is to uh, go along with okay. uh, that person and, and, and come along to their way of being. Yeah, yeah. That might have been one of our, our words of the week. Uh, I feel as though it was a word of the week at some point. Um, Here's what I recommend going forward. The nuclear option is never good. Right. My son loves to burn bridges. Yeah. He will burn them as soon as he walks across them. And I'm thinking, you can never go back. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't tell you which son that is because mm-hmm. I have three of them. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you. Yeah. Because, and I get that. When I was younger, I was like, forget you. Yeah. And throw the, throw, lob the, you know, the grenade. <laughs> can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I spend... Uh, the time that I spend in regret is over friendships that I've lost because mm-hmm. of selfish actions um, on my part. 
Um, so, yeah. Well, uh, this was good. We weren't sure if we'd have enough to talk about. And uh, this is already, this show is going to be kicking in at over 45 minutes. So um, I think it's probably time to put a bow on it. Would you agree? There it is. <laughs> I asked Faith. I said, hey, how are you feeling? Can you, can you be on the show? I don't think I have enough. But I knew she could come in and add some flavor, some color, Woo-hoo. some extra. Yeah. So uh, thanks for being here. Don't forget, if you want to uh, uh, keep track of your bonus points, the word this week is surreptitious. Uh, it's 10 points each. Uh, check out Christian Paul. Yes, I am was the song of the week. And if you want to give to the show, it's text the word mum to 760-WALLS-CA. That's 925-5722. And you can join our giving group. We really appreciate all of you. Thanks for being here. Welcome summer. Goodbye spring. We'll see you again in a year. And we will see you next time we mess it up. See ya. Bye. Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. Mess it up.